everybody. This is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. Get it. And I'm Vern Value. And we're 20-year Wall Street analysts who've been forced to assume secret identities to bring you our candid opinions about Value Line's weekly stock picks. You've seen us quoted in a newspaper. You've seen us interviewed on TV. Uh, but uh, we've been forced to electronically alter our voices so that uh, we can come on with our unvarnished views. Uh, for full disclosures and uh, more about who we are and why we're doing this, please visit our website at www.thevalueguys.com. Thevalueguys.com. <laughs> uh, you know, we're doing this for entertainment purposes. Uh, we're professionals and we're trying to get our... Uh, we're not professional entertainers. Yeah, we're, that's <laughs> obvious, I'm sure. But we are trying to get the stock picks right, but uh, you got to view it as entertainment. This week we're looking at the June 23rd edition of Value. Line, and I just got to say, I don't know how the show's going to go today. It's very early Saturday. We were all uh, traveling, couldn't get the show together Friday. So it's uh, early. But we're highly caffeinated yeah, and we're we, ready to go. We're ready to go. Uh, this week, I'm going to look at a couple of things. This is Val. I, I saw a few things in here. Lawson Products, the Timken Company, HealthNet. I'm going to talk about a hospital or two. Uh, but before we get to that, let me turn it over to my colleague, Vern value burn and I'm going to be talking about a uh, a timely sector of the market given that we're at war and oh. that would be the uh, the war industry or uh, what value line calls the aerospace and defense industry um, and uh, the first thing I got to do here is got to take a victory lap on this one right we uh, back in March when we last looked at this group uh, we liked Aviol. And uh, this is an aftermarket supplier to uh, the entire industry. They're not uh, allied with one particular uh, manufacturer of plane or engine or anything like that. Being bought by Boeing. Um, and uh, well, so good that, job, value that's guys. Worked out, that's worked out terrific. Um, forces us to go back and revisit um, revisit this idea. And uh, when we talked about it in March, we liked Aviol better than AAR Corp, which has the symbol AIR. So very catchy symbol. Too bad they couldn't get that for the name of the company, um, which you know was our second choice then. Uh, now it's the only choice. So something worth looking at. Uh, the stocks come way off, around 20 bucks down from 29, um, less than 10 times uh, cash flow on the 2007 numbers, which apparently are the appropriate numbers. I guess their fiscal year is uh, ending soon, May 31. Uh, yeah. Um, not a lot of capital spending requirements for an aftermarket parts supplier, so about 12 times free cash flow. Uh, according to Value Line, let's see, what's the business here? Aviation supply chain, half of revenue, new and used aircraft parts. Um, that's ABL was basically 80%, I think, uh, parts business supplying the industry. Um, well, they use a lot of parts, so AAR that's got to be good. also makes cargo systems for aircraft, so that's probably a good business right now, given that the... Uh, Entire transport industry is doing very well. Well, we've talked um, about JB Hunt and reflected in growing cash flow and earnings measures. So the valuation, you know, having come down a lot, looks kind of interesting here. Um, Value line talks about winning new contracts, especially in Asia, where they're apparently ramping up rapidly. Um, they've got some of the some of the larger commercial airliners are tied up in union contracts and can't outsource. Well, that may be true, but outsourcing is the direction the industry is going to take. And um, while the while the unions are still a critical element in uh, the airline industry, uh, ultimately uh, they're going to get 
um, well, their power is going to be significantly diminished as it has been in just about. It's every a world other market. Industry. It's a free market. They right. can't so maintain they, on you know unfair you know, labor prices. Right. Paying paying <clears throat> extra normal levels for for uh, labor for direct labor just makes you uncompetitive. And eventually, eventually yeah. you'll end up giving up the market share and losing the business. It's being proven by the big three in the Obvious. automotive industry. So. Um, but it's a longer-term call. Value Line sees a longer-term value. They're talking about an upper bound on their long-term range for uh, stock prices above 40. So with a stock at 20, um, you know, long-term holding, I think, is the way I think about this. Uh, you know, they're going to have a big summer this year uh, in, term, in the airline industry because uh, yields are up a lot. They're filling almost every seat on every plane. But the reason they're doing that is because the number of planes that yeah, are flying Yeah, they've taken everything out down, of service. Right. Well, if you have fewer planes taking off and landing, that means pressure on AAR's business. So, uh, again, longer-term opportunity. Uh, what about Boeing? Maybe they are, too. Here's the number one name in the aerospace and defense industry, right? But... Um, I'm not so sure. Value Line's got this rated three. I think they probably have it right. Symbols BA, $82 stock here, has traded as uh, almost to 90 this year, but no higher than 72 last year. Stock's been on a major run, and at this point is like 16 times free cash flow. With their commercial business really the ramping up, the time to buy this was in the year. midst of that scandal they had a few years well, ago. Well, or when when they couldn't seem to uh, book another order for a commercial aircraft. The Journal and, did a great article on Boeing was, a couple uh, days ago. And Airbus was uh, taking their business. Uh, what are they now? They're sold out for 07 and commercial. Like people don't know that. Um, the 787, of course, turning into a huge win for Boeing, uh, especially strategically. Um, it's going to be a long time before Airbus uh, can overcome, if they ever can, Airbus the the the, per, the the perception that the 380 is going to turn out to be a huge elephant. There's a great illustration on a journal this week, an editorial about the subject. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about Boeing, though, is the stock ideas. I'm looking here at the insider decisions, and there's clearly a pattern of stronger selling every three months. Um, which I'm sure is when a window opens, allows their execs to execute transactions. Hasn't been any buying. Um, and what is what? what, what, what uh, so good longer term um, opportunity in terms of uh, what the business should be able to deliver. But I'm not I'm not a buyer of the stock here. I'd look for. Uh, There's going to be a better entry point well, for Boeing. They, they're, involved in, they're involved in uh, a lot of very. What's important, not going right for Boeing? Well, they're involved in a lot of very important defense programs, and uh, there's a lot of pressure right now to take budgeting of the Iraq War out of the supplemental budgetary process that they've been using and force it back into baseline budgeting. Well, that makes sense. Ultimately, oh, I think it's. I, I mean, John McCain's for it, so how could it be wrong? Right. Right. Exactly. right. Uh, and so uh, there's going to be pressure on large program procurement probably as, you know, you squeeze the, the supplemental back in, you lose uh, the ability to, uh, um, to, to pol use political gamesmanship to get as much money as you possibly can. So now the military is going to be forced into a position of uh, probably robbing Peter to pay Paul just so that they can maintain uh, operational uh, status uh, in theater and uh, and let's. Well, I just hope they take care of that whole defense department thing. That's so important to our nation. I just want it to be handled well. <laughs> You're all in well. favor of yeah. the defense department take being care well of it managed and do it well. Yeah, I yes. like that too. So if I'm going to look for airframes, uh, let's revisit a name that we liked back in March. Uh, risky, risky idea. Uh, it certainly turned out that way. Uh, look, I think I don't know for sure, but I think it was probably around a three dollars stock back then. Trying to figure out from Value Line's chart, um, looks like it traded above four 
uh, but is back to three. I think they had a disappointment in the most recent quarter, uh, although Value Line has raised their forecast for 2006. It's about 10 times free cash flow. Bombardier makes uh, uh, business and regional aircraft, and those businesses are going in opposite directions right now. The business jet market's really hot. Timeshare aircraft, you may have heard, you'll be familiar with the concept. Net jets. Um, I can't wait for that, actually. Well, I mean, and the air taxi. That's what I want. That's and I also overdue, want my flying car. We've yeah. spoken yeah, about we've that. We've spoken about that before. But uh, that's about as close as we're going to get. But the regional it. aircraft market's been struggling in part because a couple large customers, Northwest and Delta, are in Chapter 11, and so they're not buying a lot of aircraft right now. Uh, but they will eventually. Um, I, you know, I note that since this stock originally bottomed out at the end of 2004, um, we've we've had two runs up in the stock. Um, in, in well, really three. In the latter two cases, our highs have been higher. Our lows look like they're coming in higher as well. So the pattern you want to see on a troubled stock that's turning around. Value Line's looking for three more quarters of negative sales comparisons. So we may be a little early here. Um, we won't get a chance to revisit it, of course, for another three months. But uh, um, I, you know, it looks like it's trying to bottom out, and uh, they do have they do have an underlying business that's doing really well. Now, I got a separate theme that I want to talk about in aerospace and defense because there's a couple good stock ideas here. Value Line likes them both, rates them two. It's not their strongest rating, um, but they both play to the theme of materials, which is a uh, uh, very important area of development, really for uh, well, for the human race. But well, also there's a lot the, you can do with materials. I think that's the, uh, uh, well. For that's, example, that's been shown. If, the, if we're going to if we're going to get cars that can be run on solar power or some combination of things that avoid fossil fuels, one of the things we're certainly going to have to do is make them considerably lighter, lighter. than they yeah. are today. Absolutely. But at the same time, they they're safer today than they ever have been, and we need to continue that trend. It's quite a chicken and an egg thing where the best thing would be everyone with a small, lightweight, underpowered car, but who's going to be the first one to put their daughter in that thing? Yeah, good point. You've got to wonder if a company like Armor Holdings won't ultimately end up being part of the solution when you finally get to that promised land. Um, symbol is AH, a little under $2 billion market cap. The PE is under 12, so a 30% discount to the market because their business is way up because of Iraq. This is the uh, leading supplier of, uh, uh, of body armor and armor used to what they call up armor, the, uh, all the vehicles that are being used in Iraq today to try and protect them from IED blasts. Um, and so you see sales up significantly here. It's also been a big growth name because they've been uh, using combination of debt and equity to finance a acqu steady acquisition program. Uh, tried to build some critical mass, if you will. We've um, looked at this in the shop. It's got a lot of interesting characteristics. It's and uh, in some interesting businesses, uh, Value Line says they do security risk management for multinational corporations and government agencies. So bodyguard business, I guess. Um, they um, um, in, in investigative services too. I mean, so interesting. Like modern day Pinkertons. We got to keep people awake. Come on, let's move along. Ballistic, I'm falling asleep myself. Ballistic what do we got? Vests, and they make armoring for commercial and military vehicles. Well, all right. It, you know, it's not the most Hell. exciting product in the world, but. Um, um, it, material science is where it's at, folks. And that's uh, true. 
the, their uh, returns. They've got the, good returns. The company, They're up a lot on these volume increases. Well, and the stock's at 53 off from a high of 65 earlier this year. <clears throat> um, and it doesn't look like Value Line has in their estimates. And I'm just doing this based on their sales forecasts. Uh, it doesn't look like they have in their estimates their recent acquisition of a truck manufacturer called Stewart and Stevenson, who, if you don't know these people, they uh, they make most of the trucks for the U.S. Army, and uh, most of those trucks have been being used in Iraq, where you may have heard that we're stretched terribly thin. There was a great quote in a Wall Street Journal article recently by the uh, the the top. Uh, purchasing guy, if you will, at the Pentagon, who said that the thing that's keeping him awake at night is the rapidly aging fleet of equipment that the Army has, because everything they have is in Iraq, and it's getting slowly pulverized by, you know, tiny sand that's like, uh, I mean, it's like living yeah, not in a, a, good environment like a sandpaper for the machinery. or something like that, I think. So it's not clear that's in the estimates. A little bit dilutive to earnings, but it'll scale up the company bigger than it is. Uh, it's a little risky, uh, but the balance sheet, 19% uh, debt debt as uh, percentage total capital before that deal, so looks very doable. It says they paid 800 million, book value is about 700. So I don't doesn't look um, too aggressive to me. Very interesting name. Similarly, uh, Precision Cast Parts symbol PCP, kind of the same thing in aerospace. Uh, sort of the only way to play material science. And and this is a very interesting, very aggressive management team here. It's also been using acquisitions to build the company. Um, these guys are experts in what's called investment casting, which is the most high, highly precise way. I've owned this one actually. To make a long big time. metal parts that are used inside aircraft engines and gas. The the business had a big run in the late 90s when the gas turbine business was going crazy. Uh, since then, they bought the biggest competitor in that space, and then they bought some materials companies that brought some uh, uh, proprietary materials and brought supply in-house, and so their returns are coming up very nicely. Uh, historically, have been like a 10% return on capital business now, more like 16, 17. I guess Look at that chart. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to term. buy with that chart. Though. Well, this is a very high-quality name, and I I don't think it's earnings a have kept pace. cyclical. Yeah, earnings have kept pace. It's a market multiple. A lot of momentum here, backed up by a lot of proprietary advantage. I, they finally got this uh, acquisition of Special Metals through uh, antitrust, or I just I'm not sure what exactly what the objection was, but it hung out there for quite a while. That's now behind them. Uh, and as the uh, as Value Line points out, there's a big opportunity for the kind of services they can provide to a rapidly industrializing nation like China. And you know, right behind them, coming around the corner, folks, coming around the third turn, India. India. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Two very. These are very high quality names. I wouldn't call for these to fall out of bed. Maybe Armor Holdings. Um, they could run into a pothole as they try to integrate this truck manufacturing company because they've never been a truck manufacturer. Uh, but with precision cast parts, I, I, you know, maybe you'd have to wait for a commercial downturn to see a chink in the stock, but very well-run uh, company. going to talk briefly about a couple more stocks. Both of them start with the letter I, which is my favorite subject. I. <laughs> Help so, me, everyone. You see what I got to do. Sorry, right, sorry about that. Uh, iRobot. Have you heard of this company? I've heard of the movie, and if the, the, the stock's any good, then as good the, as the, the movie. The symbol is IRBT, so you don't forget the name of very I was looking at that. They, they make name. the vacuum cleaner, the little um, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I, I mean, that, it's amazing kind of, that's a company. Why value, isn't that a sharper image division? Look, you know? Looks like ValueLine rushed into, uh, into print on this name. They... They have no timeliness rating for it, right? Uh, they've only got history 
Well, they don't have any history of quarterly revenue or earnings. Uh, well, they've got an earnings number on one quarter. Why would they co cover something? And and there's no, you know, sometimes they have the little box up on the left that explains how something came to be, like this company came public through. Right. Th it's not there. Instead, we're treated to the early 90s of Which blank data. Which was also data. blank. Yeah. There's no data before 2004. Hmm. I don't know what's going on, but. What Rush I do, to publication. What I do see is a stock at 23 and value line saying longer term, I might see a little north of a dollar in free cash flow. So 20 times free cash flow way well, out there. Well, they make these little robotic defense uh, Well, this is device. the story. Yes, yeah. of course it is. Please Bra tell it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now we got to go. <laughs> Please chime in, Grasshopper. Um, Packbot tactical military robots. Uh, you're talking about the Roomba, which well, is one of these the like KTEL things, yeah, you know, exactly. 9.99. Yeah. Um, and they've been, I guess, I think there's been. I'm a sequel cleaning my product. room, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, but they've come up with a new one that right. uh, I don't know, probably whistles while it works or something like that. But um, uh, the opportunity here is the defense business. It says here they're working with uh, Deer on a uh, military and unmanned ground vehicle. Just like the unmanned aerial vehicles, it has been such a hot market. So sales going up rapidly. Um, but what do they say here? Marketing outlays also likely to increase as they work on building brand awareness. Well, they're going to have to build a distribution architecture. I think getting a hit movie with for, Will Smith as your name is a good start to for, the brand. For awareness. all of these markets. And they're going to have to spend like crazy on product development if they're going to maintain a leadership position. So this might... Uh, this might be a fun stock to play with, but uh, there's nothing remotely uh, resembling value to be found. Well, it's a call here. option. If they hit with this magic defense technology, the stock will do well. Yeah, so all. something you might want to look at for uh, um, your uh, discretionary play money. Uh, well, I robot, but you know, I wonder. Uh, and I also like uh, Illinois Toolworks. Symbol is ITW. This is a uh, best-in-breed manufacturing company. Value Line's got this in the... Uh, it's the only name I've got that's in the metal fabricating industry. Not sure why it's there exactly. They're, uh, all their other companies are kind of make stuff out of metal parts. These guys uh, do a lot more than that. It's a very highly diversified company. Um, trading um, at a 10% discount to the market with some yield. Um, stock had a big run in the 90s. Been flat for like five years. Started another run this decade's kind of run out of gas, and uh, I think the problem is that there's some concern that having already once uh, uh, boosted the uh, margins and returns to where they are today, and they're very impressive. They have 20% operating margins. It's a fabulous company. High no teens return on capital that they don't have a, a comparable opportunity. Um, but I think that uh, people might be missing that. Uh, that the company is facing a more favorable M&A environment, and that activity is picking up. Apparently, well, they the might cause buy of, more than a billion in revenue this that's year. The cause for their weakness, isn't it? That uh, they no, just, I guess, didn't uh, have acquisitions to uh, last few years to improve. To, um, yeah, to give them something that they can turn into earnings growth. Uh, the thing that always attracts uh, me to this name is uh, looking at the earnings history here that Value Line shows. They show a penny decline in earnings in '91. The next. Uh, and the only other year they're showing a downturn in earnings is 2001. So the recession years, there it's what 27 cents off of buck 58. 
Uh, if you go down to the bottom of the page, where for some of these companies, you'll find whole paragraphs in that microscopic text with all the different adjustments that I can't even read that anymore. My all the different so years that it's not there isn't it doesn't exist here. Hmm. Um, so very clean track record with very strong performance, especially for an industrial where the story looks like it's getting better. So um, I, you know this kind of falls in the AAR category. I don't know what the uh, the uh, catalyst is here right now, but uh, uh, over the longer term, going to benefit from being in a very unique space and uh, having very attractive returns and being able to buy it now at a, a kind of at a bargain. So that's anyway our tour of the uh, aerospace and defense industry, uh, where we like armor holdings, precision cast parts, and with a longer term bias, uh, AAR. With that, with that, everybody wake up now. Val's going to come talk to you for a little while about some, uh, you got a variety of different things. I don't actually have that much this week. I looked through here. And, uh, well, first, uh, thanks for listening to the show, everyone. And let's have our traditional beverage, beverage break. break. There's no clink because these are uh, coffee cups from uh, Starbucks. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, that was a lot of talk. Yeah, a lot of talking. Val Hughes here. Uh, Get it. And... Uh, I'm just paging through Value Line. Every uh, time we yeah, say your well, name, we this, have to we've say. got new listeners, and uh, they okay. may not get it. They so I want to make sure they get it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Vern has uh, taken a nice uh, trip through aerospace, a little bit of metal fabricating. I ran into a couple of things here. Uh, I'm not going to revisit old. Uh, Aren't you going to do the Midwest bank industry? Well, I, I'm going in order here. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to review old old recommendations simply because I don't really remember what I talked about because this is entertainment. Also, as a long-term oh. investor, we're going to get back to you on those in about three years. Hey, that, so. uh, that AVL announcement yeah. came out like two weeks after uh, we talked about the stuff. That was a good call, but I just impossible don't. To miss. I can't be held to that kind of standard. I don't know. Come back. Oh, don't hold me to that. I'm all not, right. I don't all want right. to be held to that standard okay. either. Okay. Anyway, I looked in th I'm looking through uh, metal fabricating, and I saw a couple things here that I'm attracted to. Uh, the first one is Lawson Products, ticker LAWS. Value line rates this a four. Uh, 13 times earnings, uh, you know, 77% relative multiple. You get a little bit of a yield. A lot of yield. Yeah. What, are the, what do they do? Well, Lawson Products, first it's small, 300 million market cap. So, I like the small ones because a lot of people aren't looking at them and you don't have Wall Street all over them uh, creating such an efficient market in these names. You might have two guys covering it and one of them might be an idiot. So uh, you have a good chance to get proprietary knowledge on these things. Uh, Lawson is a distributor. They distribute 900,000 expendable maintenance, repair, and replacement products known as the MRO business. And at this stage of a cycle, you have capacity utilization moving up. You got factories and such hesitant to hire new people. Uh, unemployment is low. It's harder to hire new people. So you're trying to get more out of your existing equipment. And this is the environment in which things start to break down or need more help or, uh, you know, and so uh, people who can provide you with uh, repair equipment, maintenance equipment on the spot can earn good margins and price increases during that time because you don't want to shut down your you know, $10 million factory because your $2 uh, part's not available. So these guys tend to do well late cycle. Lawson's down recently. Uh, the street seems to have misunderstood an acquisition, which sometimes happens. They bought a company extending, you know, more products to existing customers. They bought a company with lower margins. Uh, and so the street, you read through here, everybody worried about lower margins. It looks like it was uh, you know, not as accretive as some acquisitions might be. 
But uh, you know what happened? Well, what, acquisitions have been expensive. Private equity is um, you know competing on everything yeah. and driving up multiples. Well, that that's true. But you know you can have a product that has lower margin but higher return. That's right. what Lawson did. They made an acquisition. Their return on capital went up. That strikes me as a good deal. Uh, operating margin went down, which you know maybe in the case of Lawson products, feeding maintenance products to broad swaths of manufacturing, you might think about that as some type of you know fee. Uh, to provide this type of service because their margins have been very stable. Uh, they run in the high teens. They've, uh, I'm sorry, high single digits. They've slipped a point here to eight and a half on this acquisition, and the stocks come off. But uh, I think their business has grown pretty well, and they got a couple of you know pretty decent earnings comparisons coming up. Uh, well, uh, Value Line has growth stated around 10% over the next few years. I think that's going to be low <clears throat> simply because they're going to get price increases to recover some of this margin, I think, in here. Uh, they have absolutely no debt, so return on capital and return on equity match up, which just means more flexibility and opportunity for them down the road. One thing to know is this company is pretty well controlled by the Port family. The family owns 34% and some other member who I guess is not a member of the family per se, what have you, owns 15%. Um, Royce is a big owner, great value investor, yeah, 12%. They have a great so, you know, this is one I think you can buy. Uh, the ultimate payout is, uh, is, is, a, is, you know, perhaps an acquisition down the road. This is kind of little, little teeny Granger and uh, and so um, it's a safe place to be at a late stage of the cycle. Why hasn't somebody bought them? Well, the family ownership. They're oh, not, yeah, they're not, not, they're for, not sale. for sale. Right. But uh, you get a yield and you wait. I think these people eventually, if I can you know, learn something from reading about the Pritzkers and such, you know, eventually the family's going to want to get their money out of that. Um, next, I'm coming up here on Timken. Ticker Tay, uh, Tay. T, it's morning, <laughs> or help in, us. Or yeah. in English. It's morning, morning. <laughs> It's T K R. No, that's for the Asian edition yeah. later. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's it's T K R. Uh, Tim. Ticker. The ticker is ticker. <laughs> Help me. It's morning. Okay. I can't say that enough. Uh, it's under ten times earnings. You get a, a two point three percent yield. What wow. does Timken do? Something must be seriously well, wrong. Timken wrong. Well, Timken. Well, it could be. I don't know. Timken. Uh, Timken engineers and manufactures tapered and needle roller bearings for the auto machinery and rail industries. They basically, uh, you know, make ball bearings, best I can tell, for the transportation industry, and they use some pretty advanced technologies and metals to do that. These things have to hold up, uh, you know, under extreme weights. The automotive business has been weak. Wall Street doesn't like that. The stocks tick down a little bit. It's a bad business, but according to Value Line, it's the kind of company that will fix that or sell it. So we can think, you know, a couple years down the road, that's going to be gone. I'm attracted to their free cash flow right now. They're doing uh, five and a quarter a share in cash flow on a $28 price, so that's five times cash flow. Even if I take out CapEx of nearly three bucks, I'm at $250 uh, a share in free cash flow, stock at 28. That's a pretty good uh, multiple. 11, 12, They've bad. been consistently improving returns on capital during this period. And... Uh, like we talked about for Lawson, I think this time of the cycle is a point in time where you can begin to get some price increases. Their balance sheet is also in pretty good shape, 26% debt to cap. And, uh, you know, they've been uh, absorbing in the last few years some pretty meaningful plant uh, expansions. So that's 
uh, increase in CapEx, that's apt to roll off. Their CapEx is up a couple of bucks from just a few years ago as they've been putting plants into places such as India and China, which are right in the midst of ramping up their own transportation industries. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., there's a big move to rail. And uh, I think that's going to be an ongoing share shift to rail. These things are happening for the first time in, you know, 100 years. We've talked about that in past shows. And they're big suppliers to the rail industry. So that's apt to be a source of good returns as they phase out of the auto industry. So this looks like it's got some you know, somewhat positive fundamentals coming up. And uh, I think uh, the global, downside... Global bearings business has been <clears throat> tight. Uh, supply has been tight, I think. But... Uh... Do they have a specialty steel business? Does it say uh, something? High alloy tool steel. How much steel. of the business is that? Because uh, they would have been getting a lot of pricing there. Yeah. And that may have been I don't know, know temporarily the, helping the numbers. What the percent is. Uh, it's small, I'm sure, but something yeah. to check maybe. Yeah. But I'm a buyer of this, Timken. Uh, looking for some industrial names to pick up some uh, value here late in the cycle. Take advantage of the recent pullback. Now, I'm going through insurance. Now, the thing about this insurance industry is everything kind of looks, you know, sort of cheap. But the thing about insurance is you don't know if you're making a profit sometimes until down the road. Um, I know there's a lot of price increases because of the hurricanes and things like that. But it's an area. It's a commodity. I don't really know much about it. It all looks cheap. I, who knows? Pick the best, best balance sheets. Banks, you know, there is a trend for consolidation. If you pick banks in good geography, good cash flows, I think you're okay. Uh, the flat yield curve has, has hurt them, but I, I don't know how to pick banks very well either. Yeah, but smaller, better, because... Smaller, better, size. exactly. Yeah. Then I've gone the medical services industry. Now, medical services, you know, we love these demographic trends, these anchors that you can sort of rely on over time in a sea of uh, daily changes in economic outlook. And uh, the population getting older is uh, something that I'm you know, pretty sure about. I mean, the scientists are trying to figure this out. But meantime, uh, I just say from 30,000 feet, when you look at medical services, uh, I even agree with Value Line. We've talked about this. Hospitals are a little bit hurting. You know, they've been built for an environment where price was not an issue. It was uh, provide the best possible medical care at any price. It's going to be paid by third parties. And so the whole hospital infrastructure was built. Uh, without the discipline of, of efficiency and price. And what we're seeing now as baby boomers age, uh, health issues are you know, uh, higher. Well, it's absorbing the, more of GDP. It's absorbing more of GDP, but you know, baby boomers are, are, are big voters. And uh, as their interests turn toward affordable health care, you know, we're not a socialized economy, but I think you see things that uh, at the margin will lead to fair returns in this industry, but not exorbitant. And services are going to flow to the most efficient providers. So hospitals are not that. They're overcosted, I think. The other thing that's going on in hospitals are people are increasingly getting, uh, you know, sick in hospitals from these super germs that are thriving in hospitals and uh, becoming quite alarming. So I don't know what the you know, time frame is, but I would predict that 20 years from now, uh, there'll be fewer people as a percentage of the population wanting to go to hospitals. I, I, do I remember that I've seen a statistic that there's something like a 1 in 10 chance that you'll leave a hospital sicker than you went in? It's I think uh, it's approaching 10% of the patients in U.S. hospitals are uh, you know, there because of a illness they caught in, the, in hospital. the hospital. And in the U.K., it's a lot higher, and I'm sure in places that don't report it, it's, you know, a, a lot higher. But it's something to be concerned about. At your local hospital, you may have noticed some different types of procedures coming on in. 
to try to you know uh, to, to try to capture where these things are coming from and, and isolate them. But it's a growing problem. But when you want to take advantage of the demographics in medical services, I'm looking away from hospitals. I guess is my point. <clears throat> the first thing I'm looking at. Excuse me one moment. <coughs> Pardon me. It's early. Uh, it really. Did we mention how early it is? Apria, Apria Healthcare. <laughs> how do you a, pronounce that? I, I don't know. Who knows? A H G. I've look, seen it. I've seen it's it. It's a little I, too close to apnea, isn't it? I don't know. I don't want to get into the pronunciation factors here. This is on page six thirty-three. Like sleep apnea. Uh, Eighteen dollars a share. Ten times, eleven times earnings. The stock is off a lot in part because of concerns of Medicare, Medicaid reimbursement. These guys provide uh, home care, and it's a lot of respiratory therapy, oxygen, infusion therapy. Uh, if you've had a loved one in these uh, circumstances, you'll be able to recognize what they do. They bring the oxygen in. They bring the, the uh, uh, infusion uh, pumps in, etc. And there's been some issues with regard to reimbursement and returns. So you'll see that over the last few years, their returns on capital have fallen from mid-teens to, you know, value line here is predicting 7% next year. Um, I might suggest that uh, the return on capital for the company here is representative of the risk involved. Uh, you've seen this in other suppliers as Medicare comes in. They don't kill these companies. They simply reduce the reimbursement to a reasonable rate, and then over time the company tries to get more efficient. And they so, adapt their model. And, right. They right. do that. So from this level, these recent reimbursement changes, the company's going to improve return on capital from here. They provide a valuable service. The stock is overreacting to Rapidly some of these changes. Market. Exactly. And uh, what's happened is that the free cash flow of the company is enormous. The cash flow per share for next year is predicted to be $5.30 a share. The stock's at 18 Even if I subtract out CapEx, which I think is largely for facilities as they grow their footprint to reach into homes with, you know, people in vans from all around the country, they're spending $2.80 a share next year. So they got, you know, $2.40, $2.50 in free cash flow stock 18. 17 it's eight times free cash flow and their margin even with these medicare cuts is still running 18 percent 19 percent so what that suggests to me is they got to reallocate the capital that's involved here and figure that out but uh you know maybe they're overpaying for trucks you know i don't know but uh, their margin certainly should afford them an opportunity to uh to still earn good returns and I think th this is a winner just on a cash flow multiple. Uh, Value Line says that they as a result of these changes they've cut a dime out of their earnings estimate yet the stock's gone from you know 30 something to 17 so there's 20 bucks out of the stock on a 10 cent earning estimate that's a 200 multiple on the earnings change that seems high so I'd be looking at that uh, right now that's uh, Apria ticker AHG uh, as I page through here, uh, I'm caught by Cigna, ticker CI. It's rated 5 by Value Line. The stock's off a little bit. 11 times earnings. They don't own hospitals. They're simply a health care provider, uh, which is another word for an insurance company. And some of these insurance companies are increasingly owning their own uh, facilities to provide health care as a way to control costs. They have returns on capital in the you know mid-teens. They got cash flow per share at 10 bucks on an $89 stock price. CapEx, it just says here, nil. That seems low. So uh, that's a wonderful multiple. Well, Their earnings have grown pretty consistently over time. It I know, does seem low, doesn't it? Very low. <laughs> I, I know that right now what the street's worried about with these guys is uh, price increases next year because uh, they've had a couple of years of pretty good increases that were unexpected and 
eventually those are going to roll off. But you don't need price increases for this to work. The volume gains alone are going to help you. And this company is 19% uh, debt to capital, uh, good returns, Cigna, it's just a put away. Now I'm looking through here, paging. I got one other one here I want to talk about. You know, HCA, the hospital, page 638. This is just read about this and you'll see what's wrong with the hospital industry. They got a lot of debt that they took on to buy a lot of expensive stuff that now isn't going to be fully reimbursed. Uh, doctors are going to go start their own hospitals to focus on the most profitable little niches of service. And, uh, you know, I mean, yuck is all I'm going to say yeah. here. Anyway, moving along. Uh, uh, the reason I'm looking at HCA is I'm really drawn to Health Management Associates. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. Let's see. Where no. is it? HealthNet. Health Next page. 640. Uh, HealthNet. Uh, what does this company do? They're one of the largest publicly traded managed healthcare companies, HMO, POS, PPO, etc. And in an industry where baby boomers are voting for more health care benefits in general, uh, you know, one of their key areas is the District of Columbia, which I think is real important because that's where all the senators and uh, congressmen live. Now, even though they've got their own health care system, um, you know, they use these guys a lot as their service providers. So um, I think that uh, the, the, the government types of uh, rules that are going to affect this industry um, are, are, are not all that bad. These guys are in a mid-teens return on capital. They have almost no debt. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, nearly uh, 360 a share in free cash flow. I'll just say this is not as cheap as I'd like it to be on a free cash flow basis, but they've got very consistent growth, good returns. The stocks come off again on, I think, overblown uh, uh, fears of, uh, of, of lack of price increases next year. I don't like this as much as... Uh, uh, Cigna, but uh, I would spend a little time on this thing. Health Net. Okay. They have no. They're in a surplus cash position. Yeah, they have. Saw a, that. Yeah, they. I saw that. It might look and make them look tasty to somebody. Yeah. So uh, you know, that's about all I have uh, this week. This has been uh, Val Hughes. Well, that Apri idea. I wouldn't be apologizing. I think the Apri idea is the best idea we came up with this week. So I love it. I'm not. Was I apologizing? Yeah. Well, so that's all. Oh well, I hate you know, the one, end of the one show. One great idea is. You know, well, is, I think it's a pretty good idea. Worth a listen. So, you know, thanks for joining in this week, uh, everybody. This has been the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys, and, and uh, uh, we'd like to uh, we'd like to encourage you to uh, uh, take the opportunity to email us through our website. Uh, any questions about uh, any individual stocks that uh, you might have, uh, industry trends, sector trends, uh, and if we can get a little bit of traffic, we'll be happy to address them in uh, future shows. That's a good idea. All right. Thanks, everybody.